this. Still got you, Paul. Yeah, mate. Fucking giddy up. All right. G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast, the home of bodyboarding. Thank you for joining us on episode 48 of our Verbal Journaling, and I'm your host, Luke O'Connor. Okay, today's guest, well, he's most certainly an individual. He's been a Coffs Coast um, photographer for the last 13 years. He's a man with a very powerful name, which I'll pronounce at the end of this spiel. He loves to boogie, especially on the knee, and slashes around from time to time. On his page, you'll find him selling fishing tackle, fishing T-shirts, and his own photo prints from snaps around the area. He's a very keen outdoor enthusiast, mountain bike rider, fisherman, and hiker, and recently he's come back from what seems to be an epic trip over to the island of Japan, or the chain of islands, sorry, of Japan. Um, he's also been a caravan salesman and a social worker in a past life. I'm talking to none other than Paul Van Denboom. Thanks for coming on the potty, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Nailed it with the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we'll probably saying it for the last like three or four hours just in my head over and over again because every time I say the last couple of um, words in your name, man, it just reminds me of such... A Dutch background, and am I, and am I yeah. right in saying that? Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Yeah, mate. Um, where does the where does the family hail from over in the Netherlands? Um, Breda, from memory. Okay, is, uh, uh, the province or area where yeah the family come from. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, double check on that, but pretty confident. <laughs> yeah, sick. And so, second, third generation. Uh, yeah, third. Like, well, what is it? Grandparents immigrated here after yep. the war. So, yeah. So cool, man. Yeah, I just love to know that background because I'm so interested. And in when those um, family trees come out, and you've got the ability now in those ancestry sites to access information, it's such a trip out to see where we've all kind of come from. You know, in this big yeah. melting pot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to bring it back around to the family tree, Vanderboom actually means from the tree. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it means. <laughs> wow, hectic. Well, you can tell um in your Instagram bio, man, you know, calmed by the ocean and grounded by the earth around yep, some of it. those lines. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely back it. There is something about just walking around with no shoes on and feeling grounded on the earth. It's, um, you know, it sounds so, I guess, hippie-like to say, and there's a stereotype that will just be placed upon it. But when I go down to the beach and just have bare feet or even walking around on the grass, there's definitely, definitely different with the energy and, and what you're connecting with, just on a different almost frequency, oh. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and uh, honestly, just never do it enough. <laughs> I've yeah, yeah got to got to remind myself from time to time, just slip the shoes off and just get grounded. So yeah, love well, it. man, you've got such a coastline for it. Like you've you're up in one of probably the most like ideally placed coast um, parts of the coast. Sorry, uh, on the east coast because. You know, you've got the Great Dividing Range coming closest yep. to Coffs Coast. You've got you know, mountainous regions that remind you of a, a rolling Jurassic Park scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's um, it's it's so epic, and I can tell why you would obviously be a photographer. Can you tell us a little, little bit about your time shooting up there? Um, yeah, uh, pr- probably 
just very gradually got into it over time and um, more so just started with landscape stuff and, and um, just, yeah, shooting around the local area. Um, always had a bit of, fair bit of a passion for fishing, so that incorporated into it as well. And then, um, yeah, just like in the last few years was more like four-wheel driving, going out chasing waterfalls um we're in the like, best area in the whole coast for that so <laughs> um and yeah and, and just incorporating photography into all that and then um picked up a housing a couple of years ago pretty cheap so got in the water and started yeah shooting all the local boys around here and um that seems to be the main main part of my photography now you're using Aquatech housing, am I right? Yeah, got an Aquatech with a Olympus um, OMD camera. Epic, epic. And, um, yeah, obviously trolling through your page, mate, just throwing likes out left, right and centre and then coming <laughs> across a couple of um, familiar ledges around the the Yamber and Iluka area and it was really nice to see, um, yeah, how you've been framing them up. It's a... Oh, sick. Thanks, man. Oh, so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely, you can, um, you know, not exactly tell where it is, but if you've obviously been there before, you've got a little bit of an eye for it, but just the the way those places break and, and how special they are and just how, how um, just how iconic they are, man. Like I remember, yeah. you know, a lot of the waves and visions um, obviously weren't filmed there, but just almost felt oh, like yeah. they were and they were highlighted in there too like i can yeah. remember a couple of good spin-ins barrels and flips flips out at um <laughs> at those locations hey very nice yeah i think we look we look um at the south coast like living up here so much and i even like sydney and that and look at the slabs all, all down there and just always so jealous but i think we quite often forget what's right in our backyard like how lucky we are to have some of these little spots Oh, especially just even a Luca wedge, man, when you get a bank that's there for like almost six months or something, like the the sand just fills in and then every day yeah. you can just go down there and it's just a, you know, it's a playground. I'm not trying like, it's been <laughs> in so many surf films and, and so many boog films of, of, of late and it's always a fun place to go visit. There's some gnarly locals and whatever, oh, but yeah. in, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, a, it's just a reliable place like that. Yeah, that have you in your own backyard, increasing your skill sets like constantly in in punchy wedgy waves. It's the breeding ground for bullshit bodyboarding, eh? Like really oh, good bodyboarding. Sure. Yeah, and that's where like uh, oh, you probably saw on my page like um, just hanging out with young Ryan and trying to take him to places and surf these spots. Um, like help him grow as a bodyboarder. Um, well, you've made yeah. him grow pretty far and wide now, man. He's he's in the Maldives, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He landed uh, two days ago over there. So, mate, yeah. that's so okay. So that camp campaign and all the funding behind him got him over for the last couple of legs of the the IBC World Tour. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to dive into that a bit, or? I'll, oh, uh, mate, I would love to. Eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I reckon it's 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 all time yeah. what's happened there, and that's such success for the community at large. Yeah, so, um, I mean, Ryan's, like, done pretty well over the last few years um, locally uh, and and on the sort of East Coast scene and uh, to a point, like, where 
you know the the guys that surround him all the time we're just saying mate you, you're gonna have to have a go <laughs> and and just you know hit the world scene because you, you're just growing so quick and and developing your skills and and uh yeah he was a bit taken back at first but we've you know um encouraged him and helped him and, and coached him to get to this point and um he's had some epic results like even uh state titles won the juniors uh what was last week was um baron viner um and other comps like boxing and stuff like that this year he's he's really um just yeah just going ahead leaps and bounds so um yeah we pushed him to start fundraising because you know 16 year old just working one or two days a week or afternoons a week it's a bit hard to get that money together so um yeah helped him get some fundraising together and and that's uh basically backed most of his trip to get to maldives and um off the back of that he's going to have to compete at fronton as well to get a ranking on on the world tour so the junior junior world tour requires two events and one of them has to be front on. So, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's still got a fair way to go. After, uh, you know, they're, I think Maldives kicks off tonight or tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, once he gets through that and hopefully gets, you know, places well, gets um, a good um, base level for his ranking and then uh, see how he goes at the second event to get an overall ranking on the World Tour. So psycho. So cool to hear from an Australian perspective. I actually saw one of his uh, first or second waves there in the Maldives today just on Instagram before we um, hoed into this chat, mate. And geez, Louise, it looks like he's he's at home already, eh? Yeah, yeah. He got off the plane and he was just blown away how big it was. I don't think we, we – none of us sort of looked at the forecast of what was going to be hitting there and and um, he jumped straight in the water and messaged me afterwards and he said it was like 10 foot plus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and just pumping like that first day that he arrived was huge. Um, yeah, so something, you know, pretty new to him and he seemed to have um, got his feet in the water and got pretty well settled straight away by the look of it. Yeah, definitely, mate. No, no, he he looked well at home and scooped in nicely, barra, 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 a little forward at the end. Um, looks like such a fun wave that I can't wait to watch this competition unfold. So you were saying, yeah, the, I think the waiting period does start start tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm just... The third. Oh, today's that. the third, yeah. Yeah, today, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so he said so they, had the, um, they had the opening ceremony today. Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. Jay Reels over there. I see he's going to be in the commentary, which is oh, so good. Oh, he's he's amazing, especially um, his way with the English language and just being able to communicate that out to the the listeners, you know, and the watchers. Like, geez, it's such yeah. a such a such a vital point of that whole broadcast, I reckon. And he just has such a vibe about him, man. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. And I don't know, he he knows all the history and everything, like fills in all the little um, tidbits in between. He, yeah, just such a uh, amazing presenter. Oh, man, he is. He's a walking, talking encyclopedia of bodyboarding for sure. And his store yeah. and his 
um, with his wife, Vicky, like they just, they, they run a tight ship. It's pretty cool. And all the trips they go on, how many fucking oh, wave wow. trips they go on to the wave pools, man, and just like over down, like to Mexico or Costa Rica. They're, they're, they're living large. Yeah, yeah, it's a good life. <laughs> I know, I know. Hopefully I could continue the bodyboarding um, into my 50s, eh? I would love oh, that. It's the dream. I'm not far off, so. <laughs> what are you up to, man? I'm 43 this year, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. slowly getting there, I know. Yeah, yeah, Age is just ago. but a number, isn't it? It's more so oh. how the body's feeling. How yeah. How is the body feeling, man? Like, are you still out there booging on the reg and throwing uh, the knee up? Yeah, yeah, as much as I can. Um, I think in the last few years for myself, uh, I've been fitter than I've ever been in my life. And um, personally, like my bodyboarding, I've I've never booed this good in my life, even as a grown man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I sort of only booed for a few years as a grown and then had my, my uh, eldest son when I was 20, so family life hit pretty early and put a back, put everything to the back burner and um and it wasn't until sort of my late 30s that I got back into Bergen and uh I always sort of did it on and off but um really got back into it uh, a few years ago and yeah feel like I'm going better than ever <laughs> that's scary that's so cool to think that as you you were sat, like stayed in your age before and you know getting closer to 50 you're still improving and whatever because you know a lot of people classify your best years or as an athlete says between the age of like 25 to 33 or something supposedly yep. the peak performance region but you know mike stewart's defying that every day jay real is 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 too there's like so many people oh, out there man. Led yeah, Hamilton. look at the stuff that Dub does, man. Like the oh, massive ass. <laughs> Je- yeah, Jeff Hub, Dub. Oh, yeah. oh, mate, both of them. Like, it's, yeah. it's insane. You know, they're really not that far apart in age when you think about it. And these guys that we've watched for the last two decades rip and tear our screens apart with just oh. massive airs are still doing it, and they're getting yep. close to fifty. Yeah, oh, it's so good to watch. <laughs> so good to watch. What um, what setup are you riding, man? Oh, uh, at the moment, I'm sort of, um, I went to a hub uh, about, no, oh, not even a year ago, um, and yeah, Battail, one of the, oh, I can't even think what it is, the, um, yeah, hub. That's sick. That's yeah. so sick you're on a, a, a Battail, I was going to say, oh, I'm actually on a Battail at the moment, I know I'm probably prone him for 99% of the time and, and you might be doing 50-50 or 70-30 or whatever. Yeah. But, and the bat tail is a game changer for me like, oh. quite recently. The extra speed and the looseness is something you can really get used to. Man, I, I like because I've listened to pretty much all your podcasts and I, I like listening back at the very beginning when you were doing the little five questions at the end asking about tails and that and I think I vaguely remember you saying you wanted to try a bat tail you hadn't tried one in ages. Yeah, yeah, had, had not since I had a Damien King um, yeah. pro model with the Rio Pipo when I was maybe 16, 15 or 16, and I loved it there and then, but um, I would always see people riding Clip Crescent, and then yeah. I would always see, you know, the the Visions, and then I would see, like, the Leroy's, and I would see the the videos and all the top riders from an Australian point of view really were riding 
crescent mm. clip, you know. So it was just um, it was the fashionable thing to do. But yeah, man, you know, I, I've said this before on the potty, and and I, I'll I'll say it again, and it's been raised as, as a point numerous times in conversations. How many world titles have been won on bat tails? And I've yeah. got to say, like, it might be leaning in the bat tails direction. I think so. Yeah, it sets us such a performance shape. Like, I don't know. It. Uh, I and I hadn't ridden one until a few years ago. I had a. Uh, I got a science bat tail prior to this um, hub that I'm riding. But oh, as yeah. soon as I got on it, I, man, I loved it. Yeah. And what, uh, yeah, what size was one. it? Do you mind if I ask? The me? first one I had, the science was forty, forty one seven five. I think it was sort of an odd size, but I, yep. and I've generally always ridden smaller boards. But then um, after that, I went to the hub, and it's uh, it says it's a forty two five, but it's definitely measured different to science because it's forty three. Any day of the week, <laughs> it's massive. Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, I, I was just going to say, is it sitting on like the orb of the tail, like the bat tail bit, when it's resting on the yes. on the ground, yeah. or is it like got the crescent, or, or is it no, the crescent, or the both the other sides of the tail are they resting on the ground too? No, it's sitting on the on the like the orb, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that insane? Because uh, I, I got told the other day, I think I think either Brendan Newton might have brought it up because he loves how Spencer Skipper would always ride those big bat tail boards. And he mentioned that if you have a 42 and a half, it's pretty much a 43 because the orb oh, of the yeah. bat tail drops down another half an inch. So then it kind of yeah. throws the the dimensions out, so to speak. So if you get a 42 and a half, you kind of get a 43. I got a 43. Yep. Man, I'm pretty much like on a 43 and a half, wow. eh? and I'm 80 yeah. I'm eighty kilos. And, oh, like I fluctuate between 80 and 85, and I'm six yep. foot, just six foot. Yeah. Man, that's like it's very similar. And oh, that 43, I, when I first jumped on it, I thought this thing's massive. and uh, But, no, I've grown to love it so much. It's yeah, yeah. yeah you can board. you can definitely get used to nurturing the boat, so to speak. You know, like think mm. think about it. How many sessions are we having over six foot on a regular basis? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> not many. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you had yeah. one a month, yeah, you'd be pretty stoked on average throughout oh, the year. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So then you think about the one to six foot range. The bat tail is doable. In one yep. to six foot, for sure. I know when it gets to 10 foot, it's been done. And at 15 foot pipe, it's been done for sure too. But generally, like, it's cool to see it used. Not generally. Like, I mean, everyone uses things differently. But in my eyes, one to six foot is so cool because some of the speed that you can generate on those things is just is wild. Like, it, it's, it's such a difference, you know? It blows me away. Like, it, even... You know, after having that board for months and months, like I'll ride somewhere different conditions, different shape, wave, and and just slightly maneuver different, and the board will respond. And I'll be like, just yeah, blown away. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. cool, so cool. Do you, well, what, what's Ryan riding? He rides for NMD now, so he's got a player. Uh, not sure which BP one he rides, but yeah, yeah, yeah sweet. Is it the is it the Wi-Fi one or like? 
I should be really no. asking him. I shouldn't be like quizzing you. <laughs> it's just so interesting talking about tails, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh, cool, man. Um, so, Paul, I wanted to ask you, and I probably should have asked at the start of the potty, man. When was the first time you laid eyes on a bodyboard? Like, is in the first Ooh. time in your life when you were like, oh, what's that device? Yeah, probably um, 14 years old. And I tried surfing maybe at 12, 13, and just didn't like it. And then 14, school holidays, hanging out with mates, and they're like, well, we're all going to the beach surfing. And I was like, okay, I'll tag along. And yeah, sure enough, a couple of guys had bodyboards. And um, yeah, I just swam out, had a go on mine, and thought, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. So, um, and weirdly we had this surf shop down the road from my house and i live like in the, like in the burbs in coughs and um there was a surf shop just nowhere near any of the other shops it was like a corner store that was a surf shop and um, okay. he sold he sold secondhand boards so that school holidays i was sort of wandering in there most afternoons and just i think i stared at this bloody um rear pipo stinger every afternoon for about two three months until mum and dad bought it for me <laughs> it sat there for two or three months just staring back at you yeah i just kept going in looking at it going yep that's the one i want that's the one i want and then that's um, crazy yeah. what color was it sorry it was white and i'm pretty sure it had like green pin stripe um like a fluoro wow. sort of green wow but it was pretty much all over white from memory yeah Hectic. That's so cool. And um, that was like the first board that you ever owned and rode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a moment. What, what a moment. Have you still got it? No, no. I think back on all the boards I've had in my life and like it's only been the last few years that I've actually sort of hung on to boards that I've stopped riding. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't even know what's happened to all those boards back in the day. <laughs> I'd love to know. I know. Yeah. Me too, man. Me too. You know there's one regret with a board and if Lester's listening out there he'll know exactly this swap it was at school surfing when I was like maybe year 7 or year 8 and um, I didn't know any better like oh man I might even be younger I might have been in yeah. primary school might have nah anyway it was definitely around the like the age of 12 to 13 and I had this ridiculously mint condition Moray Boog with the um they kind of like sandpaper like deck, but it would change colour oh. in the sun and in and in the water. You know, you know those ones? Yeah. Like it had the rainbow kind of flare through it. And yep. um yep. Lester saw it and I saw his moray that he would um was riding at the time and I think he just he just started riding for him or he was going through a transition stage with boards, but he had the billabong stamp on it and all that kind of jazz and I saw it and he saw mine and I, and he asked me one day, like, would you ever want to swap? And I'm just like, fucking oath. Like, for sure. Like, straight away, grab the opportunity. Mum and dad were going, like, yeah, sweet, whatever. Like, that's all good. I guess it's a new board, but not realizing none of us did. And Lester did, obviously, because it was a, yeah. a full collector's item for him. But, man, it was, it was one of those boards oh. that I'll, I'll never forget. And I used to use it all the time down Narrawali, and that's, Pretty much, we had a holiday house down there, just on the south coast, and that's obviously where I 
learned to boog and stuff. And yeah, I'm just having a real nostalgic moment here on the podcast. Don't mind me in the oh. corner. Um, nah, I feel you, man. Yeah, I think we've all got that board that we hang on to for life. Mine's the tubes, my legs that went mysteriously disappeared with them in a mate's hands. So, <laughs> no yeah. way. Well, tell us through, walk us through that story. Oh, story dude, this is uh, like my. <laughs> this is a good story though. But my best mate. Um, used to surf together all the time and hang out, play heaps of music and jam together. And we were riding to the beach and we got down to, like, I don't know if you know Coffs very well, but the local jetty area. And um, there's the roundabout where you can sort of head to one beach and the other. And I've turned to go on up to our normal surfing beach and I saw him just go straight ahead and he borrowed my board for the day. And, um, and then I, never, I didn't see him for three days after that. I just paddled out in the surf thinking, oh, he'll be here soon, and he never showed up. And then three days later when I saw him, because we didn't have mobiles and that back then, and yeah. I was like, what What happened to you? And he's and he's like, oh, man, I got swooped by a magpie. And then I threw your board and my bag on the ground and rode me pushy until I could get away from this magpie. And when I got back, the board and my bag were gone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And is, <laughs> yeah. do you reckon it was just sitting in his garage? Oh, no, nah, no, nah, because like we lived like a couple hundred meters away from each other, and I was like up there searching his house for it, going, "No, nah, surely that's like not true." And he's like, "No, nah, man, nah, the magpie swooped me, and I threw it, and then come back, and it was gone." So, do you reckon he's flogged it? <laughs> oh man, who knows? I, I it was such a funny bloke to grow up with, but oh, yeah, man, random stuff a... like that would happen to him all the time. Like he's just one of those people. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I like I believe the story, but I'm just like it's it's a pretty unbelievable story for most people to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's just an, un- an unusual one, but mate, you know, like yeah. Before we hopped on this conversation, you were watching um, the X Files. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. Weird, creepy vibes that keep coming up from time to time. <laughs> That's it, eh? I'll, get, <laughs> I'll get get Fox Mulder onto the case to get me board oh, back. <laughs> mate, that was such a blast from the past when you mentioned that eh? that was that that is an iconic show back in the day like it was a, yeah constantly play was it was it on was it on every week night I, at, like or was nah, it on just i a... think i i think about other shows when we were growing up and like i think it was just a weekly thing like maybe it was like a wednesday night at eight o'clock x-files was on but then once they'd rolled out a few seasons obviously they'd play them play them on other nights and that's so how you'd see it more frequently but yeah um pretty sure it was like a weekly thing that we used to watch yeah i'm just thinking back of like how we were slaves to that that kind of um television programming you know you know what i mean how we would always be so keen after dinner to watch our shows this was before cable tv yeah. or netflix or yep. anything it was like you had to be there for that exact moment you know my mum and dad described when they first got a television and how you would you would just sit in front of it in awe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, for that certain amount of time. And now it's screens galore, you know? It's just um, saturation, oh. saturation. Like right now I've got three screens in front of me. Like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loaded up Matrix. Too, too many options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, you, you know, you've um, – You've, you've done 13 years of photography and, and you're going to continue on obviously a very successful avenue for you and um, you can tell by some of your work it's fascinating to look at and you can tell your passion for 
water photography and bodyboarding especially. But, man, tell us about your time as a caravan salesman, bros. <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> I don't know. No? It was... No, no, no. It was, um, yeah, uh, sort of lead up to I was getting vibes like you were like a prestigious employee and you were just selling caravans out the door. They were were looking at you like employee month material. Mate, I think uh, it was a pretty quiet shop and I I I (laughs) sold a a handful of caravans over the year that I was there. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, def- definitely not as prestigious as it, it might have looked when you're doing a bit of research on me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put on a bump steer there, eh? That's classic. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. And what about, the, um, what about the social worker? That would have been a really wild role. Uh, so it was support work, so yeah, just... Um, again, man, I, I, I change jobs and careers more than I changed my undies, I reckon. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I, cool, though. You get, like, samples of Spice Alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, what do they say? It? Um, uh, I don't know. Like, being having more skills, and but just not being a master of one thing. I don't know. Some oh, dude. Um, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's yeah, almost did, the way to entrepreneurship, man. Like, really, this day and age, if you can self-sustain it and is. do things. You know, I heard a potty the other day, and it really stuck with me when I was just, like, this guy was was ranting and raving. You know, like, there's a lot of, um, as we were talking before, self-help stuff out there. But with yeah. the, this one really stuck with me where this guy was going, um, you know, you can compound all these things that you're doing and try and perfect them. But if you can do these things between, well between 60 to 80% and do a wide variety of things well in that percentage range, yep. you're going to be successful because you're lowering your overheads and mm. you're not relying on external sources. It's all in-house and it all can be done to an acceptable standard of the industry you're choosing yeah. to enter, you know, like it's, yeah, it, it really stuck with me. And I was like, that's insane because a lot of people dedicate their life to one thing and mastering it. And that also is beautiful. Like that is also a it very, is. A, a very uh, highly regarded skill that I, I think people, you know, I think it's less and less these days. It is, people man, 100%. Don't. Like people don't realize yeah. if you're Novak Djokovic, you have risen yep. to the top of tennis or Nadal, you know, or, or Federer or, Tiger Woods or anyone who's become a great sports star, like Mike Stewart, for example, like yeah. they have dedicated their life to that pursuit. That oh, sure. is such a hard thing to do. But in this day and age, it seems like the coin is flipping, so to speak, and we now have to be more multifaceted in in um in our approach. So it's yeah, it's it's mm. interesting to see both sides. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, back, yeah, the caravan sales, mate, that was, yeah, that was a flop. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the support work, that lasted a while. It, very rewarding. I don't know if you've ever done it or and that. but No, man, no, yeah, no, never. Yeah, it's it's certainly a rewarding avenue to go down. And, and in this day and age, it seems like a massive, massive industry. There's so much demand for it. Um, yeah, just the lifestyle of that kind of work didn't 
fit in um, with myself being a single parent. So yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> As in, just because the hours were were too kind of constricting yeah. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just shift work all over the place and at night and stuff. So yeah, trying to trying to get my son to him from school and and you know dinners and stuff like that and all the all the other stuff goes along with being a um, single parent. It uh, yeah, you got to find a pretty accommodating job and and uh, the nine to five life has been me for a while now. So. Yeah, and so the nine to five life consists of um, going out and being a freelance photographer every day. No, man, no. I, I, um, I work for the Australian government. So, <laughs> oh yeah, what do you do? Yeah, I work for Centrelink. So, oh sweet, epic, dude. You know who else works for Centrelink? I do. <laughs> Josh Tabone. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, classic, eh, mate? It's a. It's it 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 is a, a system in which is providing a pretty fucking vital resource for the entire country. Oh, so much stuff yeah. goes through Centrelink these days, man. You guys must be so busy because hasn't it been amalgamated a lot um, in the, the last couple of years with a lot of other sectors? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of changes in it, and yeah, I think uh, throughout, like I sort of came on in the middle of COVID and there's like, you know, lots of support, financial support for people across Australia. So there are a lot of um, things, uh, government agencies and that changed during that time. And yeah, try and help, help everyone out. Have you ever had any, um, you know, thinking about office life, man, are you, are you working from home? Or are you in the office? No, nah, in an office. Do you ever have any like funny office stories that come out of that place? Like any, you know, there's like gossip around like um, the water coolers and you know, everyone's just having a yarn and whatever. I love that stuff because I, dude, I used to work at the council in um, for the government too, and it was yeah. classic at leisure centres, like public swimming pools. Oh man, be, oh wow, she's a lifeguard or like a duty manager or whatever you were doing there. It was classic chatter all yeah. the time so yeah it's so different to that uh like probably sim- what you do now like that construction work lifestyle like which i did for a few years as well like the office life yeah i think it, it just revolves around gossip <laughs> doesn't it eh? it, it just it harbors it it's human nature yeah. because you're in there you're kind of getting bored you just might have a bit of a yarn and then this happens and then yep. these things evolve, and because you're working with people for eight to ten hours a day, you get in each other's pockets, and da 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 da. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's only human nature, but it's just funny how it, it always happens in in those sorts of environments. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's a good stable base for me uh, now. Just yeah, my my son's sixteen no, at the end of the year, so it just suits our lifestyle. Good, just um, doing that nine to five routine him at school and me at work so yeah that's epic and does he boot does he have a, a go on the sleep no no <laughs> he's um he's just picked up a guitar about uh probably a year ago now and and that's his passion mate he loves music and and um yeah we we get in and have a bit of a jam together every now and then and yeah most nights it's me sitting out here watching telly and all i can hear is loud distorted guitar blasting out of the bedroom <laughs> dude that's epic is it like what type of music is he into i'm, I'm thinking rock or 
Yeah, yeah, it's so weird, man. Like the, I, and I, I blame Stranger Things for the um, this generation of um, uh, musical taste, like because they're all back on Metallica and Nirvana and yeah, Chili Peppers, that sort of stuff. Like all Which these is sixteen year amazing it's, it's, music, man. I yeah, you know all the same stuff that I grew up on. So I love it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm so into that sort of music. I really feel like those sort of bands are timeless and a lot of the bands that come out today unfortunately fall victim to i use the term again oversaturation of the musical yep. industry and just so much you know fraud ship in there like sorry oh. fraudulent kind of behavior and just all the undercuttings and the shit that goes on like when those bands were kind of coming through they were still you were still getting paid properly as a musician you were yep. you were you know treated like royalty and it was um because yeah. the music was so good. But this day and age, it just seems, sounds so old-fashioned, but this day and age, and there is some great music that still comes out, there's no doubt, but there just seems to be a lot of crap, a lot of yeah. auto-tune crap. Yeah, yeah, just, oh, um, and anyone can have a SoundCloud account or whatever, what do you call it, Spotify, SoundCloud, and become the next big rapper for a week, and then they're gone. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Anyone can have a Spotify account for our podcast up there and... <laughs> No, fuck. <laughs> but honestly, that is so true. Like they'll cycle through. Do you remember that guy who did? Um, and he's not a he's not a rapper, but he's he's definitely an icon. Um, the whooping gangman style. The oh the god, dude. yeah, yeah, he's just those viral things that yeah. You know, it's it's not just the music industry they take over, but it's it's. Yeah, it's social media and everything as well. It's people's brains. They're infecting people's brains with <laughs> crap. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Oh, mate, I can't listen to the radio in the car. I'm turning it off. Like, the, I'll digest mate. the potty. I'll put my own little playlist on, and then, you know, Spotify will suggest a couple of things, and I might go down that pathway. But radio can fuck right off. And I, I've actually exactly the same i think the last few years like i used to be a massive fan of triple j and it would be on non-stop and the last few years i I drive in silence or i put on a podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i just can't stand radio i know it it, again it seems like they're trying too hard and they're jazzing it up and there's there's these crazy sound effects that are just like man if, if someone intelligent is talking and speaking truthful factual information with a little bit of humor don't mind that you know have a mm-hmm. bit of a laugh and then putting proper music on instead of just like propping yeah. up certain musical acts because of their interwoven connections inside the industry with yeah big heavy promoters that are all kind of yeah. you know uh, oh yeah Anyway, I could beat that drum all day long because there's so oh, yeah. many musicians I know that are so talented but will never be able to get on yeah. that radio station because they don't have the certain people in their, their pockets, so to speak. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sad, sad industry. Yeah, and that's what you can tell now. So I totally agree with the radio. Fuck it off. Put a potty on. What do you what do you listen on the podcast, man? Like, I really appreciate you saying before, oh, obviously, yeah. the lounge. But what else, man? Like, what are you being digesting? Um. Oh, lately, just Theo Vaughan. <laughs> just love that guy. <laughs> He's so good, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. But um, generally, Wait, just yeah, quickly. Like, sorry, before you give me a listen, I'm, I'm I've 
I just want to touch on Theo Vaughan really quickly. Theo got me on that first um, uh, YouTube clip that I saw when he he depicts his experience going on the the gym and something Norton radio show over in New York, and he gets extremely high on cocaine. <laughs> Before the evening, um, but before the show, all the way into the morning, it's at six a.m. He's supposed to be on there, and da da da. That first clip, if 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 you know what I'm talking about, captured me like nothing else. And from there on in, I've been infatuated with him. It sounds like you are too. He's such a funny oh, dude, mate. He just—it's like there's there's people with no filter, and then there's people like Theo. It you know he his brain just comes up with a thought and it comes out. And yeah. it's just, it's so refreshing. Like, I know he's wild. Some of the stuff he says is absolute whack, but <laughs> I love it. I just lap it up. He's so good. Yeah, you yeah. know what I was so into when he kept saying, gang, gang. You know well, yeah, I mean? In Japan, I seen a few gang, gang shirts, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I would love to rock one of these shirts around. No yeah. one would know what it is unless they watched the, uh, listen to Theo, but yeah, I've yeah, seen a couple but, of good ones. He's definitely getting out there. Like He's, he's one of those pretty well-known um It's top five shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast yeah, yeah, shows yeah. And, and like headline and comedy act around like traveling around everywhere now so and and, you know and all the other big guys rogan and that just love him and yeah he seems to on all the best shows yeah i remember the first one he was on rogan i remember watching and it wasn't actually really theo because i think he was very nervous and taken back by their case he said that in his most recent one uh, oh yeah he might yeah, he did actually yeah you're right yeah. yeah he did that's where i got it from obviously yeah but i could even <laughs> tell by like watching him and actually reaffirmed it with me but the first one i was just like he's not being himself he's not being his flamboyant like let go just let the tongue roll off um you know with the comments blah blah yeah. blah but he was he was so much more fluent on the second one he has <laughs> the sniffing salts with him and joe like and they're just trying to <laughs> outdo themselves with <laughs> knocking out their nasal right. cavities oh it's so good hey <laughs> oh dude i watch that stuff all the time so, sorry so you were saying you missed the potties yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, it all started with sort of self-help and entrepreneurial stuff and, and yeah, uh, you know, chucking a couple of comedy ones here and there. But, um, yeah, oh, I, I think I was saying to you before that before we got on the potty that, you know, I used to drive trucks as well and, and having like 10, 12-hour days just sitting in the truck listening to podcasts all day with nothing better. <laughs> Mate, it is free education. It's so legitimate, oh, you know. And if you're exactly if, if you're listening to someone who is credible, because you know, I, I know it's um, I guess unfiltered information, so to speak. And, and you've definitely yep. got a you know, there's things that I'll say that are incorrect, and there's things that people, you know, <laughs> you've you've got to you've got to be mindful of it. You know what I mean? But if you're listening to people, um you know, that are, that are really on the ball and you're taking that in and you're applying it to your life. Man, yep. it, it is, I have got so many things in the last couple of years, especially going hard on the podcast that have changed the way I do things, even just from sleeping. I wear mouth tape at, at night now because I used to snore like a motherfucker and I would just be yep. 
poorly sleeping, never hitting REM sleep, and obviously marijuana in my system anyway, so I'm going to barely achieve REM sleep whether <laughs> I like it or not. But at least I'm now you know, sleeping um, with my mouth shut, breathing through my nose, and getting oxygen in through my nasal passage and down into my lungs properly to be absorbed. Everything works yep. properly like it's how it's supposed to be. My missus can now sleep next to me and she's not <laughs> giving me the nudges all night. So, you know, just from – just from podcasts, that one change yeah. buying mouth tape that cost me like, man, it cost me like forty bucks for like three packets that last me like three months. You know what I mean? It's yeah, right, yeah. I use the nasal strips. Yeah, oh, sick. Oh, okay, so you yeah, you just go straight across like, the mouth. No, no, the nose strips that go on your nose to open your um, your nostrils up. Oh, so I, seen I, that. I have no problem. I'm like the problem. Everyone's different with their snoring and that. This is going to be a great podcast for all the listeners. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so um, my nose, the nostrils just close over, and then I open up my mouth and and breathe through my mouth, which makes me snore. So by um, you can buy these strips. They're like hard, like a, it's like a hard band aid, and you put it on your nose, and it opens up your nostrils so that you can breathe through your nose better. Oh, epic. Do you have like a deviated septum or something? Do you have something crushing you? In, no, in, I don't in... think so. But yeah, just, I don't know. I just sort of found that's the thing that works for me. Like my, yeah, can't breathe through yeah. my nose properly when I'm sleeping. So that's yeah. perfect. And you're getting deeper sleeps. So you're waking up and you're feeling and like energized. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's been so much better since making that change in my life. Yeah. Oh, man. See, and they're the one percenters, you know, it sleeps so much. But. That is yeah. the one percent you have just changed in your routine that is now going to benefit. Like you, you're not going to hit that second or third coffee. You're not going to be oh, crashing. That the was day. the biggest change. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I only have like one coffee in the morning now and get through the day. Whereas, yeah, I used to drink heaps more coffee. But yeah, but there's probably a lot of other contributing factors back then. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You're right. That one percent change makes all the difference yeah man yeah yeah and obviously listen to brendo's like i I know what you're referring to in regards to your um yeah like drugs alcohol you know the whole mental scenario like it was a it was a very um it was a very hard listen at times man like you you, you've lived a very a very colorful life and obviously it's amazing to see you come through on the other side a well-rounded individual that it's been such a pleasure to speak speak to with for the last forty five minutes or so, man. But like, what what was um, what was the the biggest change, man? You, you know what I mean? Like, what was the biggest change you had to make to get yourself here today? Out of all that, um, out of all the scenarios uh, you're in, I think just take just realizing I had to take care of myself, like before I could take care of anyone else. And, yeah, uh, you know, um, I used to just be a people pleaser and just try and do everything for everyone else. And then just to take that step back and just go, now I've got to look after myself, my fitness, my health and all that, and, and mental health especially. And, and that just, yeah, made a huge change uh, in my life and, yeah, just catapulted everything in the other direction. Yeah, it's insane how those... Those one percenters we were just talking about, you know, those one percenters equal twenty, thirty, forty percent of the things you do on a daily yep. basis. You know, 
the, the the way it just steers your life in the right direction and the way you just can get out of habits that you don't require. Like you were just talking before about the coffee. Caffeine is a habit. Yeah. Caffeine is a drug. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. and, and I've used it from time to time all the time. I've used alcohol from time to time. I've used weed. There's so many things that you can step back from in certain situations when you have put those mechanisms in place and you have put yourself through a routine of like, I'm getting up this morning, I'm doing breathing, I'm doing an ice bath, I'm doing whatever I need to do to get my mind right to just stay away from the habits that I know I shouldn't do. Exactly, yep. Easier said than done. It is, it is. Yeah, it does take take time and practice and, yeah, it's it, man. It's no different to people, you know, saying I want bigger arms. So you got to strengthen your arm muscle. You to, for your mind. You got to strengthen your mind and practice do the repetition to to get those things in a place to you know become a better person or whatever your outcome is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most certainly. And thinking about repetition and thinking about putting, you know, um, your mind to the task, we've got to really touch on your Futurecast podcast and the first two that have been released on the the uh, the Riptide platform. And if anyone's listening here, you need to be downloading the Riptide app. Yes, there is an app. Go to your app store, download that thing, and be scrolling the beautiful premium content that can be found on those pages. And the man who I'm talking to right now, Paul Van, Din Boom has Futurecast featured <laughs> on there. Can you tell us how the um, first couple of episodes are going, brother? Yeah, good. Yeah, I had um, the opportunity to interview quite a few Grommies around Australia now. So uh, episode one is Harrison Podvenick from Sydney and um, had a great little chat with him at uh, Boxy earlier in the year where I, I, I probably knocked out about a dozen interviews there at Boxy and um oh so to, yeah just give everyone a bit of background on what futurecast is um i just want to highlight the next generation of australian bodyboarding and sit down have a quick five minute chat get them to just talk about themselves and who they are where they surf their you know what board they ride and their dreams and goals and things like that and um wrap it up in a little video and get it on the rippy platform and what I <clears throat> sorry, what I love about what you've done with that, Paul, I know we're talking off air about it, is the length of it. The five minute max length is key for the attention spans yep. of the younger generation, as we, we were saying. Yeah, because they're, they're certainly not going to sit down and listen to a lengthy chat like this. But um, yeah, I, that's why I sort of wanted to pack it in something nice and compact where they, you know, their five-minute attention span or less, we'll um, we'll be able to sit down, try, and Elliot's like thrown in some surfing footage that the guys have been able to send to him as well. So, yeah, you're watching it, you 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 can see him in the water as well while they're um, you know cut cutting away to that while they're chatting to me, um, and yeah, just I, I think Riptide on a whole, like these uh, younger Grommies, probably don't engage as much with it because that i don't know like uh even though like all the short form content on social media they might but the other stuff like podcasts and things like that hopefully this is a step for them they'll they'll watch a five minute podcast and then go oh hey there's a episode of luke's lounge what's that go and listen to an hour podcast as well and engage more content for riptide yeah 
most certainly. And I think obviously as, they, as, as they'll get older and we were saying before off air about certain careers and times you can, you know, just talking about being a, um, a truck driver like yourself or, you know, myself servicing pools yeah. and maintaining pools, like you've got the time to be able to just um, – whack a set of headphones in I, I guess with these groms at the moment they're either at school in class and then yeah. they're out and their um leisure times they're probably you know just want to go surfing hang out and blah blah, yeah. blah don't have that and you know i think back to my time when i was a grown man like i was just hopping on trains at four thirty in the morning trying to get out of my suburb and, and get down to the beach you know what i mean like i didn't yeah have any time for i guess podcast podcasts weren't really around and i was probably trying to carry dismans and, and whatnot, but, um, yeah, like, you <laughs> yeah. Know, remember those days, the bloody dismans, man. Yeah. If you're running and walking. <laughs> but yeah, man, the Futurecast podcast is, is, um, is a step in the, the right direction. It's a massive step in the right direction. And yeah, for you to have, um, I think you were saying 20 banked up already. Like that's, that's insane, Paul. And like the yep. Grom's, are going to get such a kick out of that, like, and, and obviously, oh, it's, I hope so. <clears throat> it's ex- exactly what we want to do with bodyboarding from day dot as um, Riptide's coming back around and and everything. The wheels are kind of getting back in motion here in Australia, and like for Groms to see themselves on a platform such as such as Rippy's with 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 your hard yeah. work and some of their surfing, man, and that's that's an achievement, eh? Like, save that page, lock that down. That's that's sick. Yeah, definitely go and check it out. <laughs> Yeah, for, for sure. So when are you looking to release the next couple of um, episodes? Uh, Elliot's got them all um, on the editing table, I think, at the moment. So it, we, I think he did the first one about two weeks ago and then um, another one last week, so maybe every fortnight or so. Yeah, lovely. And you can just a nice yeah. drip feed, just slowly bring them down. Yeah, that's it. If we've got twenty of them, we can sort of spread it out over over the rest of the year or longer, and um, just while I try and get out and about and record a few more. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, where are you looking to get to, and and what does the calendar year look like at the at the back half? Um, the back half of the year, what do we got? Like, um, I think there's a couple more sort of bigger events, and that's where I'm recording these podcasts and trying to meet these younger guys so um i'm away like traveling away to these comps to you know compete myself and then um going along with guys like ryan and and the younger guys from our club i meet all these grommies there so i thought why not put these interviews together but um so i think we've got aussie titles coming up in less than two weeks and um where are they held uh, at uh, they'll be at port again this year yeah beautiful hope the banks are good yeah, last year was cracking. Oh, they went to North Haven on the first day and then uh, Lighthouse Beach on the second day, and it was, Ooh. yeah, it was big. <laughs> yeah. Was really? Sick. Yeah, yeah. Last year's Aussie titles was amazing. Yeah, it was probably one of the better events of the year for Swell. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. <clears throat> so good to, um, when it comes together, especially the Aussie titles, when you get a bit of Swell. How is it when you rock up to a comp and you just met with one foot waves and you've got a grind yeah. it out you know it's such a difference on the boog yeah and it uh it seems to happen more often than not but like yeah like you get those 
lucky chances like yeah that last year at Aussie titles where it's just pumping and oh, I mean there's there's been a couple of good ones this year the I missed out on the Baron Viner last week because I was over in Japan but the boys said the waves there were uh, heaps of fun and yeah from all the videos I saw it looked pretty good um yeah what else what about the up? um uh, did you get down for the Jeff Wilcox memorial this year yep yeah, so surf the Wilcox, that was pretty good, uh, down Foster region. Um, yeah, I yeah, love that. Waves for that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I surfed that a couple of times, maybe three times in total, and that's always been a really fun comp. Oh, you got just so many options for beaches in that area. And, and, um, when the conditions change, they can just move the comp. It's a mobile event, so, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, it's epic. One year we had, you know, really punchy four-foot Tunkari break wall, which was just, you know, <clears throat> the classic kind of um, – sorry, geez, I had something caught in my throat then. <laughs> You're right. I'm almost swallowing a fly. Um, like those classic, like, rollings at the back there where you just get that yeah. beautiful dip in and you can either go left or right and it'll just go into a mega sucky shorey or ramp. We had – um four footers there and then the next day you're right it was moved to <clears throat> um boomers i oh, know bulls oh, paddock yeah. sorry and mate in the corner there just right wedges and if you got the right one the second or third wave of the set usually it would just run down into two wedges you can get like one move off the first you come back around like spin maybe a barrel and then like a move off the end and it was just like again four to five foot and oh. Yeah, so good for bodyboarding. That's just pr- yeah. primo locations. You know what? Like thinking about world tour destinations in Australia and thinking about the places you'd want to h- hold them for like consistency. Beaches around yeah. Foster, like I mean, it's, it's not going to wow the world, I, I guess, but you're definitely going to get very contestable. Like you put Tristan Roberts at four to six foot bull's paddock. Like shit's going to go down. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And like I was saying, with that being such a good area for a mobile event, they've got options for beaches. Yeah, it probably is. And it's central, like, you know, um, with a few hours to Sydney or a few hours to Brizzy and Goldie, like, it's it's probably a, a, a good location to try something out like that. Yeah, we might have just unearthed something here. This, this, this <laughs> I is, think yeah. so. I'm going to write this down in big fuck-off pink letters on my page. Foster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sick. And so um, are you looking to do anything else with podcasts in the future? Like you've got your future cast, like, you you know, we, uh, I think we need just, more of them out there, man. Yeah, I think I'll just keep um, trying to punch that out for a while and, and get a few. Um, man, I'd love to be, like, over, like, yeah, visiting some of those world tour events to chat to some um, Grommies from around the world. Like, that'd be sick to expand it that far. Like, you know, if the opportunity came out, came about where I could uh, have the time off and afford to go <laughs> to some of those events, um, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be sick to, if you could get over to Fronton yeah. um, and meet Ryan over there at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, man, there's so many other, like, just crazy Groms like from from the Canaries and and um, South America and that that yeah jelly yeah it'd be good yeah. yeah it'd be good to meet them all and and um, have a little chat with them so huge fan of Moises Silver man I reckon that kid's got oh, a lot yeah. of talent yeah it'll be interesting to see what he does um, for the rest of the year and um, on the next few events 
Yeah, and Matias Diaz, I think he's also very I, I know everyone knows that already, but he's um a standout, very stylish and very technical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this will be this Maldives event will it could be a bit of a a change in the leaderboards from what I'm sort of thinking. I don't know. I think Oh um, yeah. There'll be some probably be some surprises in the next week or so. As in regards to Tanner falling off the perch? Oh, yeah, possibly. It's, yeah, it's, oh man, I just, I feel like he, if he was going to be on top for the year, like, in the, and hit his stride, like, he would have done it by now. I mean, he, yeah. I know he's set, he's, yeah, it's just those couple of little things. Everyone's talked to death about the judging and those those incomplete moves and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see him win. Like, but yeah, I just think there's there's going to be a bit of a change up this event. I feel like. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> let's um let's leave it on this, Paul. Who do you think is going to take out the Maldives Pro? I'm going to say PLC. Ooh, that's a great pick. We actually, <clears throat> you're the um, you're the second guest after after PLC. We've recently had him on the potty, and uh, yeah, yeah, we spoke to him just before he went over to the Maldives, and yeah, I was I was thinking I'd be putting his money, my money on him too, because something about that bloke, you know, yeah, he puts on a jersey, and what he did to Tanner in that final of just being the more kind of seasoned veteran locking it down, knowing what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like kind of evident, you know what I mean? He kind of closed that final out. Like Tanner had a full chance to win it, don't get me wrong. And again, we can talk always about the incomplete moves and, and what could have been done and, and whatever. It's all water under the bridge yeah. because really we're just spectators and those guys are freaks. Yeah. And, you know, we can't really be judging <laughs> too hard, but – from what I saw there with PLC and just speaking with him and, and knowing how good he is that, yeah, he's he could just charge forward with a couple of events and just easily take out the world title with surfing half the year on tour. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so what have they got after that? Uh, Morocco next, yeah. Team, is it? Yeah. yeah. Imagine if you just got a huge Atlantic swell for that, man, just a big... <sighs> Freight training, long period, 18 seconds, 20 seconds, and just go. You know, I was watching Tender again the other day, and um, that first section mm. where Pierre's just threading, you know, right hollow point breaks to his, his absolute glee and delight. Like, he's just yeah. whacking on the rail, throwing the fins up, just spinning in, spinning out, like, so smooth. And You know, like, riding the <clears> – riding <throat> the – um the barrel almost, yeah, like not many people I've seen ride it on like a bodyboard. Very, very fluent, but like very um, like upright on his board. Like it was, do you yes, know the same kind of board yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, psycho. I was just thinking about then. He was going through some time portals in that section. But, um, dude, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the potty. You know, it's been a great chat, Paul. We've covered a lot of... Weird, wacky, random, and, and <laughs> awesome topics. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, dude, you're a special fella. I can tell you've got a real um, keenness and and um, and love for the book. So it's so good to have you, Oni, on Cheers, on the lounge man. and just chewing the fat. And um, 
we've got to do it again sometime because I, I want to hear more yeah. about this future cast and, and hopefully we could maybe see at other events. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate uh, the chat tonight and, um, yeah, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, bro. Happy days. We'll keep well and, um, yeah, ta-ta, everyone. See ya. <laughs>